You're listening to the Ask Drone You podcast. You ask, we answer your drone questions. Whether you're here to turn your passion into profit or you simply fly for fun, we're a community of learners and teachers who aspire to achieve greatness. We are Drone You. Hey, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Ask Drone You. My name is Paul. My name is Rob. Super glad to be here with you. Thank you for spending a few minutes of your day with us. We appreciate it. We do appreciate it. Again, if you have a question, right, business, entrepreneurialism, drones, all the above, go ahead, send them in, askdroneyou.com. Please send them in. Also, if you find the show useful or valuable, go ahead, leave us a review. Please, please leave us a review. It's kind of like the equivalent of sending us $10, except it's it's a little bit better and uh, there's no payment involved. So anyway, uh, yeah, we've got an interesting show today. Uh, not too far off, uh, some things that we've talked about before, but a specific kind of tilt to it. So it's gonna, it's gonna be a good one. Uh, and again, it's, I actually am excited about this show as, uh, I was watching some YouTube videos this weekend and I just kind of flabbergasted at what is on the internet, man. People will say anything to increase their ad view count. It's, it's astonishing. So in an effort to provide you with the, the best information, uh, based off of experience, um, because you're probably going to do something with the information and I don't want you to make the wrong decisions because of me. So uh, that said, we're going to try to give you the absolute best information possible. Um, by the way, today's show is brought to you by, oh wait, humble brag. No, I mean humble, what is it called? Uh, shameless plug. Shameless plug. Good news. We've got our landing pads back in stock. And you know what? I'm grateful that they go out of stock often. You know why? Because it means people find them valuable. They find them useful. And if you're looking to protect your drone, whether it's a small drone like the Mavic series, and maybe a mini landing pad would work for you to protect that drone. And it's super portable landing pad as well. And if you're into drone mapping, maybe you're into our bigger landing pads. We call them our ground control point landing pads so that you can use them to geo-reference your maps and models. Check them out, thedroneu.com. And I believe our landing pads are in the swag store at the very bottom of the first page. So check them out. My name is Ryan, and I'm a fairly new listener to the show. Uh, my question today is a business one. So I currently work as a drone pilot for a conservation agency, and I'm thinking of starting a drone agriculture business, mostly just a side gig, unless it happens to really take off. So I'm trying to decide what kind of equipment to get. Um, I could get something cheap like a Phantom 4 with a few map IR cameras for for a few thousand dollars, or I could easily spend upwards of 20000 on equipment like I use for my master's degree. Um, because I'm planning on it only being a smaller business, I'm a little hesitant to drop that kind of money on a startup. So would you recommend starting on the cheap and building up over time, or would it be better to go big so I can offer cutting edge tech to my clients? Do you have any recommendations for starting an ag business on a budget as far as drones and sensors or any other considerations? Thanks for your time and insight. Thank you, Ryan. I really appreciate the question. And uh, I'm excited to dig into this with Paul because there's a lot there and a lot of things to think about and discuss and hopefully help you with. So uh, yeah, let's get started. AskDroneU.com is where Ryan asked his question, if you have one as well. It's funny. I wanted to, uh, I thought about as we were discussing this in pre-show, uh, if we should bring on someone like Greg Krutzinger to kind of answer this question. And I thought, you know, we're not going super deep in the science. I think that we can 
we can answer this one and uh, help provide uh, some context. Um, and Rob, as you know, there's some things that I, I kind of want to illuminate here in mm -hmm. this particular question because I think it's important uh, for some of you uh, – to kind of understand the, the this deviation in ideology. But you know, when it comes to agriculture, you've got to be able to provide very real results and only certain sensors can yield those quality scientific results. Um, and uh, we'll talk about, you know, which aircraft, which drone we recommend. But in the field of agriculture, when you're working with ranchers, you're working with farmers, um, you can't you can't make maps from, you know, phantom cameras, the filters taken out of them. It's just, it's not going to work. You know, you need a, you need a legitimate scientific tool, like a multispectral uh, imaging camera, you know, and anyway, you know what, let's just get right into it because this is, unless you got something really fast. I think my question will either be answered as we talk or I'll ask it at a more opportune time. So. Okay. But in all honesty, this brings up a very interesting point. By the way, I want to say thank you for asking the question. Uh, but, you know, as we've kind of talked about on the show before, um, it's very interesting how you can learn something at a particular place, but maybe not get uh, enough information to be able to make good uh, discernible decisions in the field. And so there's a couple of things that we kind of talked about in pre-show just to, just to get right into it. And one of those things was, it's so interesting, I said to Rob, it's so interesting, the deviation of ideology, right? You go to school to get a master's degree and it's a very, I was just talking with a couple of friends about this because I was pursuing potentially getting a master's degree and every smart friend that I have that is very wealthy said, don't do it because master's degrees are built for employees. They're not built for entrepreneurs. Um, it's a very different way of thinking about things. Your master's degree is management school. I mean, that's what it is. And I found that very interesting, honestly. Uh, but that said, this question actually kind of illustrates that point because you've got a guy, by the way, thank you again for asking the question. You've got a guy who took his master's degree and he learned how to utilize these aircraft uh, to create data and interpret that data, right? But did the master's degree... Were, did they fully teach him the science behind the sensors, the science behind the drones, so that he understood the, the underlying methodologies so that he could make adequate decisions in the field, right? And I mean, it's either that the school didn't teach it or this particular student maybe like wasn't paying attention or missed a class or something. But as you said, it doesn't. Yeah, we don't, it doesn't seem like that's the case at all. Yeah, I don't, and I agree with him because the uh, he's very articulate, very eloquent, which shows well. And so that said, I think it goes to show a kind of a, a, a common problem with a lot of these um, high end universities and these master's degrees, and that you you might have the opportunity to get some hands on time with some expensive equipment, solve some specific problems, but are you getting the right systems knowledge to be able to repeat the problem solving in a different environment with a different tool? Are you going to be taught the basic methodologies of the tools to be able to know which tool is still okay to buy? Because as an entrepreneur, right, you face a very different set of problems, right? You are physically limited 
in what you can buy, right? Or what you can do. But in working with ag, Rob, would you agree you can't really sacrifice the quality because when it comes to working with farmers and ranchers, they're the type of people that say, you've got to fly, you've got to interpret, you've got to analyze, and then we've got to act on it. And there, and it's a very black and white, this saves me or makes me money or it doesn't, right? Right. Yeah. I, you know, there's a, first of all, let me just say, there's a lot we can't pick up from the first five seconds of his question in yeah, terms of his yeah. entire educational process. And so they very well, very well may have talked about some of the scientific issues and so forth totally. relative to doing the work. But then beyond that, you know, I actually wonder, did they talk much about the end customer, i.e. the farmer or the rancher and what their expectations are and what their needs are and how to best serve them and how to ultimately give them what they need that will bring tremendous value to them. I I think about my educational experience in college. Um, I agree that it was not setting me up to be an entrepreneur per se, except in some of the examples where we just did case studies and like it was based on real life events that had happened. And so I just wonder if any, if there was much of that. And my guess is probably not because it's a new industry. Yeah. You know, and the reason I brought all these things up is because I'm worried that this guy is being set up to fail, right? You made a great point. Are they teaching them about the clients and what the clients need so that they can service those needs, right? And when it comes to agriculture, this is probably one of the strictest kind of uh, workflows, right? Because you've got to be able to acquire data, right? Interpret that data and then act on that data. And farmers are kind of expecting this. Uh, we either isolate problems and solve them or we don't. And if we don't, I'm not paying you to use this, right? It's it's a very black and white, clear cut and dry. I got to say ra- farmers and ranchers are probably the most staunch budget people I've ever met in my whole life. Because they have to be. Yeah. And the other thing about them is they're well connected to each other. Yep. Because they have to be. It's their community, right? And they all deal with very unique problems that um, they can help each other with and just, gosh, be there for each other with because it's been a tough road for a lot of them. It has. It has. So you got to know the technology behind the end end goal as well, right? Because a lot of the data that you're gathering and then interpreting, well, then that's, you've got to understand, I think, and I don't know at what level of farmer this actually hits in terms of who's going to be able to afford the kind of equipment, but where you can feed the data and it changes what their equipment does, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know what level of farmer hits that type of equipment, but there's a lot to know there. Well, you know, something too that I was thinking about is like, do I really want to sit here and recommend an aircraft that doesn't really fully meet the scientific qualifications of what's necessary to yield accurate results, right? And this is something, again, that Gre- uh, Craig, I almost mixed your name up, dude, Greg Kretzinger brings up all the time. And we were talking about at a PICS conference one time, uh, because uh, again, if you have like, okay, let's say, let's assume he's got a stupid cheap budget. And he can only get like a Phantom 4 multispectral, right? Who are the clients that he can serve? He's got to be serving high yielding crops, right? Vineyards, pot farms, uh, coffee bean farms, et cetera, which really limits, you know, his potential audience that he can serve. So I would actually argue instead of focusing on these two different conflicting ideologies of like, hey, I've got a business, I got to bootstrap it to, hey, 
we just buy super fancy expensive equipment and solve problems and woohoo, you know, like it's not really based in reality. And so, you know, that is important to notate because as some of you and even me, right, you get into the entrepreneurial mindset and you transition into that. Oftentimes you can mix the two ideologies and get yourself in trouble. And so my point is, is leading that into, okay, well, let's take the problem as it was given to us that, hey, what agriculture equipment can I buy for cheap and still service clients? Well, you are also limiting the clients you can serve, not only by number, but by industry, right? And by having, you know, these limiting factors of your budget, you're limiting your potential for revenue. You're also making it harder to go get clients because you can only operate in certain exact nuanced fields. And those nuanced industries or fields, excuse me, have very, very strict expectations. The industry has matured to a point now and people are becoming a lot more educated on what works and what doesn't. And so, yeah, we could sit here and be like, Hey, Phantom 4M, go do vineyards, go do pot, go do coffee. You'll be great. But I don't feel comfortable doing that. I want to give him something like, you know what, dude, you need to be able to fly small sites. You need to be able to fly large sites. You need to be able to service a lot of different clients. And it's got to be end to end. And the only way to really do that is to have a solution that has some sort of integrated georeferencing and also works in an environment of other softwares that farmers and ranchers already utilize so that they can best act on the data, right? And I and I go back to, it's funny, Jack called me the other day. I need to call him back. Uh, I would recommend Wingtra. And I mentioned Jack because Jack works at Wingtra. And it is a VTOL aircraft that can carry the quality of cameras that are necessary to yield scientific results. And so I'm talking about global shutter multispectral cameras. I'm talking about the Red Edge X, the Red Edge M, you know, uh, that, that those series of cameras. And yeah, you're, you're talking 50 G's, Rob. Yeah, uh, yeah, 50 G's, 100 to operate for a year, you know. But let's think about, okay, well, now the net of potential clients is a lot larger. I can also service larger sites. So I have a higher potential profit margin. Do you see where I'm going with this? No, I do. But I also see where he's coming from, where Ryan's coming from. And that's just not where he's at. And so... No, I I, I, I understand. I think, just think it's an important point I, to kind of bring up and say... No, it is. It is. I just think we need to back it up a little bit and say... And I don't even mean necessarily financially because he alluded to... It sounds like the potential possibly to spend some more money. But then he also said he doesn't want to go full-fledged into it right away. And so I guess the question is, is it worth the effort to delve into it at all if you're not going to go full-fledged? Is there any redeeming... I mean, could could he think of it as another class, a real-world class where he can go learn and still bring some value to some farmer... And maybe break even or maybe make a little bit of money. You know, it's a very interesting question to say, can you even kind of dip your toes into this particular vertical of the drone industry? Yeah, it's not like real estate where you can just go do a couple of houses for 50, 50 bucks mm-hmm. each or something, right? And get your foot wet that way and, and probably have a happy realtor. Yeah. It's, it's not that. No, I don't think it's not. It's not. Uh, It's a very, very good point. And I would say, look, we don't while we have students here at Drone U who are deep in agriculture, we've uh, you know, we've worked with a lot of agricultural firms in training their pilots. I personally have never flown uh, large agricultural sites. You know, I've flown some ranches and whatnot to do some volumes for USDA contracts. uh, But I mean, that's about it. 
And I think that Rob, you have an incredible point. Is it even plausible to be able to dip your toes in to something like ag, which requires a higher barrier of entry, right? You can't even really service all of the ag industry unless you're ultimately an FAA CFI, which is probably the most antiquated rule on the FAA's books at the moment. I could be wrong about that. Wouldn't be surprised if I was. But that said, I mean, you got to get a part 137 to be able to spray. And, you know, we talk about working in ag, we talk about working with farmers and ranchers, right? You've got to be able to acquire the data, interpret, analyze, deliver. And, and, and act on it. Deliver and act is what I'm really trying to say. And when it comes to delivering and acting, typically you're taking the analysis of results and you're either popping those results into your John Deere tractors georeferencing exactly. system yeah. or you're spraying with a drone. Uh, you know, that is the acting part. And if we're talking about your ability to provide uh, that entire suite so you have the highest propensity of success, you know, now you're talking quarter million dollars to really to really get in it. I mean, seriously. And so you let's circ- let's do a uh, let's let's do a sake circle back and uh, and say, Rob, your question is very, very poignant. And it's probably quintessentially the most important question. And I'm not sure that we could provide the absolute best answer. But my initial response to the question, can you really dip your toes in? I would argue no. Yeah, I think a couple of alternatives to quote unquote dipping your toes in are one, looking for somebody who's already um, pretty well in um, ingrained in the industry and doing yeah. what you're thinking about doing and seeing if there's a way to, I don't know, do an, an internship or actually just become an employee and learn from that person and use that person's equipment. And maybe that's a better opportunity or depending on what your connections are, depending on the size of the farmers in your area that, or yeah, that you're talking about potentially servicing, maybe you take a plan to them and you get them to invest in the equipment because of how it will help them. And, and I, because I know I've read, I haven't read a lot by any means, but I've read a couple articles where farmers are, have said, this makes sense. I'm just going to do it on my own. And then they kind of get stuck because mm-hmm. the equipment's more complex than they realize. Mm-hmm. And so there might be some opportunities like that out there where people have actually, I mean, you could literally find people, farmers, that is, who have purchased equipment that's sitting there because, I don't know, maybe they got a grant to buy it or some subsidy or something or whatever. They had the money and they just can't figure out how to get the most use out of it. And you could really help them. So I guess if I were in your shoes, I might try to look for some of those alternative options, which, you know, I'm not saying that's going to be easy and, you know, just start turning over rocks. I don't know. It depends on your area. And again, how connected you are or perhaps through the school. Um, maybe there's some connections through the school that could help you figure out who some of those folks are. But yeah, I don't know. I just, it just seems like for the ag industry, uh, trying to get out there with a Phantom for whatever yeah. is going to be tough. Yeah, yes. And I would say uh, just to kind of pile on any, you know, 
unless you have, uh, you know, a fixed wing aircraft that can carry a legitimate multispectral sensor, you know, you're really setting yourself uh, up to fail. And I know some people might be upset or arguing of, well, Paul, you like kind of clipped this guy's wings before he t even took off. I mean, at some point we have to be able to, to say to people like the, the obstacles that you are facing in this particular vertical are numerous. Um, they're, um, it's going to be very hard. The propensity for success is low. And then to have some bootstrapping difficulties with that, some scheduling difficulties, some time difficulties, you're really setting yourself up to fail. And look, we want to see people explore their passions and we want to see people chase those passions. Um, but we also want to be realistic, right? Because you don't want to be, uh, you know, a guy who's telling everyone, well, everything's great. It's fantastic. Rainbows, unicorns. And they go out and they're like, well, this is, this is not rainbows and unicorns. Me. This is. No, no, no. And, and I would say, particularly in this case, but in most of these types of questions, cases, they want honesty. They want real. That's why they're asking. Yeah. And, right? uh, and that's so, what they just got for sure. And then I just want to say too, the reason that I brought up the master's program is, uh, I myself have been looking at master's, uh, programs, not for drones. I don't, I actually don't think that there's a single school in the United States or the world for that matter, unless it was in Israel that could offer a legitimate, decent master's program in drones. The industry is just too new. Um, and so that, that said, uh, you know, I was looking at a master's degree for uh, executive management and I just keep hearing these same, these same uh, uh, themes over and over, you know? Yeah. And the reason I brought it up is because I am, I just hate seeing people getting taken advantage of. Okay. That's what it comes down to. And I thought, you know, this is a great opportunity to illustrate the difference of, of ideology as an entrepreneur and as a student, and look, you gotta, you gotta transition. And sometimes that transition can be messy and make help, uh, uh, in, inspire you to make the wrong decisions. Uh, if the, if you're not clear on the ideologies and what works in which realm of the world. Right. And so that's why I brought it up. And so for people yeah. who, who bring up, you know, why did you bring up the master's program, et cetera, I'm not trying to bash the master's program. I just want to make sure that this guy is getting the best information that he can, man. I want to see him succeed. That's the basis of pretty much why I uh, I, I do that in, in all aspects of asking questions. So, yeah. And and by the way, if you have follow up questions, again, we love hearing those. Um, could almost treat it like a podcast dialogue. So literally, reach back out. We'd we'd love to hear from you and, and get your response to our response. Yeah, yeah, a lot. A multifaceted question, though. I really like those multifaceted kind of complex questions of if this, then that, if this, then that, if this, then that. It's kind of like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know, you got you got to kind of get a matrix going. Um, but uh, I, I think it's interesting. You know, is it possible to succeed? Yes. But you're going to need the right equipment to do it, and you're going to need to be able to provide real results that can be acted on for farmers and ranchers. Because if they do not have a dollarized value in black and white they are literally going to run you off the farm. I mean, I've seen that happen too, by the way, before. It was kind of kind of funny. So I, I let, you know, ranchers are cool people, man. They are so down to earth if you get to know them. And, and I watched this rancher one time blow up on somebody and we were all just laughing. I mean, it was just, it was funny. Okay, final question. And we can end the show on this. 
what could be done with, if anything, but I'm assuming there's something that could be done with, say, a, a more of a basic setup, Phantom setup? Well, for, again, and just to clarify, you know, we're talking Phantom multispectral, right? So you're talking a lot more money than a normal Phantom anyway. But if this person is in uh, Simi Valley, if they're, you know, uh, in the, I uh, forget that region in Washington, what is it, Sonoma Valley? Um, if you're in one of those Western locations where wine is big, right? Actually, even here in New Mexico, we've got a big wine industry. Mm -hmm. um, a P4M could be amazing for the wine industry, right? You got small fields, they're manageable, your multi-rotor is gonna do great there. The level of data that you can provide is really fantastic. It's much more easily acted upon too because it's not a large area. Typically the results, uh, you can go walk in those fields again because they're not crazy big. Um, and make uh, determinations, et cetera, and provide very real analysis to those uh, farmers. Now, when it comes to wine, when it comes to, I was, I also want to bring up marijuana and coffee. If you think about it, pound for pound, these are high yielding, profitable ventures, right? Most of the crops that could benefit from drone technology, well, pre-2020, uh, didn't really have a yield or a profitable uh, or a large enough margin, excuse me, uh, to really make it make sense for some of these cheaper uh, tools. Um, and the thing is, is that I feel like the Phantom 4M is probably the cheapest drone that has the right sensor payload. You know, you might be able to buy like a Trinity knockoff from Hobby King and throw uh, a Micasense Red Edge on it you know, will you be able to tag the images properly? Will you be able to shutter the camera at the right time? Will the thing work well on an autonomous mission? Your guess is as good as mine. <laughs> but, uh, and that's why I, I brought it up, you know, like, yeah, if, if you go in these very specific fields, yeah. which again, you know, let's, let's, uh, let's put ourselves in the shoes of the haters that were on, on this podcast, right? Could he be wildly successful in exactly just one nuanced vertical? A hundred percent. Yes. Is he going to put 10 times more effort into it? Yes. Is that sustainable over the long term? It's going to be really, really gut wrenching and stressful. But yes, so there we covered it. <laughs> yeah, uh, and again, yeah, he he made it very clear. It's not it's he's not necessarily turning it into a career. He just wants to give it a go, and if it takes off, great. If not, which does bring up an important da data point that I want to end on a positive note really fast, which is the data point that we learned this morning. If you are in a business and you're augmenting said business or said career with drones, it's the easiest and most natural progression to becoming a drone pilot. So this kid has a step up. There you go. I'm stoked for you, buddy. And uh, sorry to go off on your master's degree. Um, I just want to make sure you're being set up to succeed. That's all. I really actually do care about that. So anyway, as, right as educators, if we can't uh, make the lives of our students uh, easier, convenient, and, and more fun to explore, are we really doing our jobs? So anyway. Here, here. On that bombshell... Yes, it was a bombshell. Uh, we're going to leave it. No, it wasn't. It's really not a anyway, bombshell. <laughs> I don't even know what a bombshell is. <laughs> we believe that videos, images, words, and sounds have the absolute power to inform, inspire, and entertain. We reject indecision, confusion, and vanity, for they work against the community. We are united under the virtues of safety and knowledge 
We are a training community of learners and teachers who encourage and energize each other to achieve greatness. We are pilots, videographers, photographers, freelancers, business owners, enthusiasts, experts, and apprentices. We are creators. We are the Drone Youth.